Hello everyone, I'm Jenny Slate, and I'm here joining a bunch of wonderful artists um, today for Operation Save Abortion, because if we don't raise some very much needed funds right now, 92% of abortion providers may not be able to continue providing care. Um, you can help by donating to keepourclinics.org. And um, what I thought I would add today to this wonderful event is a little piece from my new book, which is called Little Weirds. And um, it's uh, an important piece, I think, because it's about when we used to be able to do things together spontaneously and um, in large groups. Okay, this is called Eclipse. I went outside of my hotel to watch the highly anticipated eclipse of the sun. It happened. The sun was eclipsed. All of the people were out on the sidewalk in New York City, sharing little eyeglasses made out of paper with the plastic lenses. I had no paper glasses. I saw a stranger and I looked shyly at the glasses he, he had and I asked, can I try? The stranger gave me his glasses so that I could watch the sun become a strange orange fang poking through one side of the sky. A stranger helped me. Specifically, he helped me look into outer space. I said, thank you, obviously. Related question. After this said eclipse and group experience, is everyone else's hair also made out of necklaces now? And is your heart a plum with a golden marble in it that will spin eternally like mine is? Final comment. It is very warming to think of the adults going to places to get the paper glasses and to think of the adults who own a small store or bodega and that they heard about the eclipse and then ordered the paper glasses, knowing that people would want to watch the rare thing that was going to happen. See you all out there one day, <laughs> one day soon. Um, stay safe, stay well, and um, spread the word so that these um, abortion providers can keep doing the work that they do and um, we can keep our, keep our rights. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each week, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and on our website at ProChoiceOhio.org. The program also airs each Friday morning at 9 on WGRN 94.1 in Columbus, Ohio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL ProChoice Ohio. Enjoy the show! Hey, this is Gabe. Uh, this week's show is something totally different. Liz Winstead at Abortion Access Front did a 12-hour telethon on Instagram Live yesterday uh, at Abortion Access Front to raise money. The website is keepourclinics.org. To donate, you can go to that website or text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 612 315 Again, that's text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 612-315-1921. Liz had an amazing lineup of celebrities and experts, including Nikki Glaser. I, I really try to like be an inspiration for girls. Like That's one of my biggest motives in what I write and what I choose to talk about is just to make young girls feel less alone with 
their weird thoughts because until I discovered stand-up, I just thought I was just so weird and that I should keep my mouth shut and that it made everyone feel uncomfortable when I spoke up. And it just, I just felt like, oh, I'm just, I have to go through my life kind of having these thoughts, but never telling any, maybe I could journal about it, but um, just stand-up finally gave me a license and uh, to, to do it. And when I saw women, when I saw, when I heard people laugh at the weird stuff I was talking about, I was like, oh, I'm not alone with these thoughts. And then also seeing other women talk about similar things, just, you just need to share. And, um, and so I continue to do it just because, I mean, obviously I get a lot of, um, it's, it's good money and it's like a lot of attention, but truly like I, I, it sounds cliche, but I really do stand up for like young girls. I really just want them to be less scared about sex and to feel more open talking about sex. And I think this is just really important to me. It's been so great to hear from providers from around the country because abortion providers face different and immense challenges in many different ways, depending on the state they live in, the city they live in, the region they live in. And there is no one who is a more incredible human. And I have had the good fortune of visiting both of her clinics that are just simply beautiful in Wichita and Oklahoma. I'm so excited to be talking to founder and chief executive officer of Trust Women and of the Feminist Women's Health Center, Julie Burkhardt. Hi, Julie. Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm making it. I've been so worried about you because I know that um, Kansas and Oklahoma both have presented um, great challenges for you. And uh, I'd love for you to talk to these folks about uh, what you're facing in, in Kansas and in Oklahoma. Well, yes, uh, we have certainly faced um, our challenges. Um, in Oklahoma, we, um, as of uh, Friday, March 27th, we had to close our doors and shutter the clinic because the governor in Oklahoma deemed that uh, abortion services were non-essential. And so therefore we were banned from providing any abortion services. We had to then go to court and litigate that, which we did. And we won a preliminary injunction um, and we were able to restart abortion services as of April 13th. Um, However, Um, Just a few days later, the governor issued a mandate um, saying that we had to start doing COVID-19 testing for all of our surgical patients uh, before we could allow them to come in for their surgical abortions. And so once again, we're back to just providing medication abortions and uh, we're figuring out how we're going to provide that testing, if we can get our hands on the test kits and swabs that we might need. You can only have a medication abortion up to, I think, is it 11 weeks? It's, it's 11 weeks in our clinics, yes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that means that if you find yourself in a position that where you're, where you're longer, further along in your pregnancy, um, it, it's, you're going to have to travel farther and things are going to be harder for you. Exactly. It just puts a burden on people's shoulders who need abortions more money. And like you were saying, people should be staying close to home during this pandemic. Why do we want to put people out on the highways? So it's, it's burdensome. It is burdensome. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how your patient load 
has changed and, and what that means um, as a, as for your staff, emotionally, physically, it must be exhausting. Yes. So, and that's where in Wichita, um, we have seen a um, 200 to 400% increase in our patient load um, since mid-March. And so staff members, I can say, are, they're, they're fatigued. Um, we're really working to give people days off, you know, anywhere where we can. We've hired back staff who have left Trust Women. So some people have come back. We've hired new staff. We've trained people within Trust Women who don't work in the clinic to work in clinic. Um, so we've really tried to help put more staff members in place so people aren't working around the clock. Abortion care providers are on the front line. They're providing healthcare in the time of COVID. Therefore, they should be able to get help with hazard pay. They should be able to get help if, if one of your staff um, is exposed and they need to take time off, you wanna be able to give them time off. And so that's what we're talking about because people need to know, and I'm gonna ask you, Julie, but I have a feeling I know the answer. Um, there's all these small business loans out there I'm sure that you're just getting all kinds of money from those small business loans, right? <laughs> I wish. We've, we've submitted applications for each clinic, and I have not heard anything back, um, and that was, you know, a few weeks ago. We've really heard stories of uh, protesters being more aggressive, being encouraged by their churches to be even more, like, unprotected, in your face, being health hazards. Have you been experiencing that? Well, in Oklahoma, yes. Um, we have had protesters out at the clinic continually. Um, they've been bringing their megaphones, you know, that are amplified so you can, you know, and holding it up over our, our fence. Um, they've been setting up a table, handing out little care packets. Um, they're not wearing masks. Um, they're, you know, trying to get right up into patients, you know, personal space as they drive in. Um, so it's been quite, quite aggressive, you know, still in Oklahoma. As a small business owner doing work that is essential, how, how does this money, what does this money mean for you and how, how are you going to use it? Oh, well, for us, um, it, I have been, as you mentioned, um, I've been paying staff members hazard pay um, because this is such a stressful time. We've had um, a lot of overtime, even though we've onboarded um, other staff members. It would help to pay for those other staff who have come on to help during this critical time. Um, I, I just, you know, really feel that, you know, putting back into our staff who have really, you know, carried our commitment to patient care during this time. Um, that is our commitment. We want to be here for our communities and our states. Um, so, so that would help immensely um, in helping carry everybody through this pandemic. Well, hearing how hard you're working, how the need is great and what people are going through, I think this is a time to say, here is where you can make a difference in the life of the Southwind Clinics. Trust women. Donate at keepourclinics.org or text GIVE to 612-315-1921. Julie Burkhardt, I think you're a Shiro hero and I love you. And um, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that your staff gets the care and the respite and, 
and continue providing this essential care. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I love you too. Take care. Thanks. You were awesome. <laughs> Look at that, Julie. You nailed it. Independent abortion providers across the country do incredibly challenging work under difficult circumstances all the time, but we've never faced anything quite like this before. When you give to Keep Our Clinics, you help us provide compassionate health care and keep our doors open. We believe that abortion care is essential health care all the time. We want to make sure that abortion care is accessible because it's needed, it's necessary, and for so many folks, it's urgent. At Feminist Women's Health Center, the frontline staff who can't work remotely, who can't shelter in place, who have to show up to make sure that our patients are cared for, we're making sure that they have hazard pay on top of their regular salary because their work is necessary, essential, and so valuable. I'm dedicated to doing this work because I want people to be free. In order to thrive, we have to have full bodily autonomy. Abortion care is just one piece of that, but it's critically important. It can change the trajectory of our lives. Reproductive justice is our pathway to freedom. That's why I do this work. Next, Liz Winstead talked to Sarah Silverman. made me want to eulogize the living. This woman <laughs> above me right here, this woman is, uh, let me tell you what kind of friend she is. Um, came over when I had a colonoscopy. Or it was actually called a colonography, this one. Anyway, same prep. Came over and just knew what to expect. What sat in the living room while I was in the bathroom. Just and She's a ride or die. Let me give you another example. Years ago, I was doing a live show, woke up with strep throat, and just started sobbing and was paralyzed. Didn't know what to do. Called Liz. The next thing I knew, she was over at my hotel, taking me to a doctor, getting, just dealing. She just dealed. Um, that's who that is. This woman who tirelessly with no glory, travels the country, entertaining, we call frontline workers now, grocery stores, healthcare workers. These independent abortion clinics are frontline workers, 365 years, uh, days a year. And all she does is she entertains them. What do you need? How can we help? What, you know, can we, I mean, just the grassroots, Gloryless. I take a and post, repost something, and I'm Sarah Silverman's wonderful. Yeah, She's that's being on the road. Yeah, yeah. You in cars. Your garbage. Step up your game. Liz, talk to Josh Gondelman next. to 
asked my family in Minnesota to like send me toilet paper at the beginning and send me wipes and send me stuff because nothing was open and nothing was around. We finally last week we were uh, we were going uh, both individual rolls of bodega toilet paper we were able to stock up and finally we got like a twelve pack delivered from a, a supermarket last week yeah. and it felt like contraband like it yeah. felt like I am at like when I looked at it I was like oh, this is what it feels like when someone sends you, like, a briefcase full of cocaine via messenger. That was, like, yeah, yeah. The, the illicit rush in my heart. I also feel like deli toilet paper is like using a long rake on your ass. It's like, what it's are like you? Using, uh, it's like using butcher paper. A hundred percent. It's like, you, you might as well just ask Why don't I just take a knife and cut my asshole? Be easy. And, and I really love you for coming on. Um, and just, you know, abortion is something that, um, like, you were one of the first people that said yes. And, you know, as a cis dude saying yes, it really means a lot for, for to step up and, and talk about abortion. Tell me what, what it was when you were like, yes, I'm definitely coming out and I definitely want to support you in this. I mean, it's just such an important cause and it's part of healthcare. And it's like one of the parts of healthcare that is like most persistently like derided and under attack and having access restricted to it. And uh, it just like, you know, the, the more I learn about like the politics of trap laws and the, the kind of ways that the the crisis the COVID crisis is being used to like uh tighten those restrictions it's it's really staggering and like it should abortion should be safe and legal for people to have access to and so it's kind of a a no-brainer Hi everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon and I am joining a bunch of amazing artists in Operation Save Abortion. If we don't raise the much needed funds, 92% of independent abortion clinics will have to close their doors. So if you are able to donate what you can, you can go to keepourclinics.org, keepourclinics.org and donate what you are able to today. Thanks so much. You can't do a fundraiser without talking to the people who are on the front line so that you can totally understand why we are doing this. Abortion is one of the most misunderstood uh, pieces of healthcare that somebody will need because A, we don't talk about it, and because B, bags get to define what abortion is and how it should be provided. And that is why we are doing this telethon today so that the much needed funds can go to places that you never even thought about. You have your aha moment. You're like, I'm giving my money. And I'm so excited to be talking to my friend, a woman who's on the board of Abortion Access Front, Dr. Monica McLemore. She is a doctor of nursing. I love people who are doctors of nursing. That makes me so happy. <laughs> you are like a doctor of nursing. It's so cool. <laughs> a researcher at Advancing New Standards in Reproductive Health, or ANSWER, and she has got the answers as a stellar abortion provider, Monica McLemore. Hi, Mon. Hi, Liz. How you doing? You know what? I'm doing as well as I can be trying to raise money so people can have health care in the time of COVID because shipbag governors have some like crazy ideas that we shouldn't be doing it. So as we raise money today, yeah. um, talk, Mon, as somebody who is a professional, as somebody who's on the board of the Abortion Care Network, who we are working with to make this, talk about where these essential funds are going so that somebody can really hear what you're saying now and then understand where the money will go today if they give. 
Well, it's been really, really hard for clinics to be able to keep their doors open during COVID without being able to, you know, see patients. By social distancing, you know, not allowing for our capacity to be able to serve as many people as we need to is, is an essential problem and a unique problem for independent abortion providers and clinics that already were hanging on by a, by a thread because of what of all the trap law, the targeted regulation of abortion providers, which is, you know, special language to say, we're going to treat you differently than everybody else in healthcare because we want to cl close you and shut you down, yep. right? So in the same way that I've argued that the people who are most vulnerable before a pandemic of not receiving the care that they need. Well, that's also true for the care providers who are taking care of the community. Mm -hmm. so, so we would need these funds to be able to continue to provide essential abortion access and services. In many communities, the abortion clinic is the community resource. When I think about Memphis, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee, and I think about our friends at Choices in Memphis, when I think about the people doing incredible work in Allentown, when I think about the women's centers programs and the folks at Women's Health, when I think about all the, or the Women's Options Center or all the incredible, you know, independent providers that are trying to keep their doors open prior to COVID, because the other thing that a lot of people don't understand is having to constantly be in court and fight legal battles takes a toll on you, whether it's being able to recruit staff so that they know that they will have a stable job to come to, that patients will know that those services will be available. You know, all of this up and down and open and close and all these regulations, it creates, I think it's purposive and it creates confusion. Yeah. Being able to get money in the hands of the clinics that are providing care and providing services is the easiest and the most ethical way for us to be able to continue to provide the high quality abortion care that we need because abortion is essential health care, whether it's a pandemic or not. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for framing that and for reminding folks that abortion care and abortion provision can be done by a myriad of incredible healthcare professionals and the desperate need for where that money can go to make sure that people can have the healthcare professionals they deserve in their community. Yep. Monica, you are such Absolutely. a champ. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and talking. And abortion is essential and you can donate right here at keepourclinics.org. Thanks, Monica. Thank you. Next, a message from W. Kamau Bell. Dudes, I'm talking to you. We gotta talk about abortion. We gotta talk about it. Me and you, and you and the dude, and the other dudes, gotta talk about it, whether you know anybody, whether you don't, because guess what? You're doing a bad job. You're doing a real bad job. Because right now, the truth is, there are women in your life who've had abortions who haven't told you because they don't trust you, because you never talk about abortions be the dude who they turn to to talk about abortion. That's the dude you want to be. If dudes like me and the dudes who are watching continue to think about abortion as being not our issue, but a women's issue, then we who know that women should have the right to choose will never have a country that makes it legal and accessible everywhere if we don't get involved in that issue. See what I'm saying? Because it's not going to work otherwise. Dude, dude. Well, hello, my 
sweet cookies. It's Donald and Champlin from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. How are you? I hope you're all staying safe and connected and staying inside. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I am joining a whole bunch of amazing artists today to support Operation Save abortion and oh, we are trying to raise money today I think the goal is at least a hundred thousand um, dollars and you want to go to keep our clinics.org because if we do not raise money a hundred thousand dollars today at least 92% of independent abortion providers will not be able to provide abortions 92 percent what the ever-loving so let's all wake up all right let's all go to keepourclinics.org and donate or make a bid on um this shirt or you know something somebody else has put up there um also i just want to do a shout out to room raider because uh i am obsessed with your site and i agonized i agonized over this um, placement here. So I just, shout out to Room Reader. I'm hoping for like a six out of 10. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm not even a Room Reader's radar. They're gonna be like, wait, what the f who? Who cares? Um, but I have a musical instrument because I know that gives you at least five points. And then I have like um, tasteful lighting. None of it's on, but I do have daylight. And then I've got like a cute, that's a metronome. There's a cute little picture back there that I got at Bed Bath & Beyond, but maybe looks more expensive than it actually was. So, Fingers crossed, everybody. My priorities are totally in line. <laughs> Just don't look over here, okay? Don't don't look there. Look here. Mmm, classy with a K. All right, my darlings. Operation Save Abortion. Go to keepourclinics.org. And as always, face your fears. Stare them down, don't be scared. Stand your ground. Cause nothing is as scary as ever pure. All you gotta do is face your fear. Finally, here's a song from Lisa Sobiel. Here it is. I went to the rally. I took all the kids. We wear our hats proudly. Giving it to the libs. Went to church last Sunday. You know what I did? I hugged everybody. I'm giving it to the libs. I'm giving it to the East Coast. whatever it's called no i'm not sick can't think of a better way giving it to the lips i don't bump
Lobby Lobby, I took all the kids, they touched everything inside, I'm giving it to the lips. Three weeks later, I've never done an addendum like this, but here it goes. I woke up this morning and I, I couldn't breathe. Mercury rising 103 And now I'm in the ER Waiting for a bed The nurse she wears a garbage bag The guy next to me is dead I'm giving it to my cousin Her poor husband too My niece with diabetes And I'm giving it to you I went to the church this morning and you know what I did got buried in my bag of hat I'm giving it to the list I'm proud to be an American